the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thinking about health care these days? Well, you're not alone. And it seems that getting real information about the state of our medical system is tough to come by. That's why you've come to the right place with Dr. Bill, your radio MD. He's got the answers because he's a doctor. I said he's a doctor and he wants to hear from you right now. 877-969-8600. This is AM860, The Answer. And now, it's time for Dr. Bill, your radio MD. And I'm on the air. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD, coming at you on 860 AM, The Answer. And we're also worldwide on the web, 9 to 10 AM every Sunday morning, Eastern Standard Time. You can reach me through my website, drbillradiomd.com. That's drbillradiomd.com. Or you can go to the station's website, which I believe is am860theanswer.com. That's am860theanswer.com and click listen live. I think we're still an iHeart station as well. By the way, we are talk radio. So if you are so moved to join me, I am at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. And uh, last week, one of our, one of our peeps, wanted to know if my wife would come on the show and talk about her impressions of the Korean peninsula and the conflicts that have gone on and continue to go on there. And she adamantly says, no, she's not going on. So I'll just have to relay to you as events come up, her feelings on that. So I was intrigued by the release of the Nunez memo. And by the way, the president ordered the declassification of this. And you say, I didn't know the president was involved in declassifying material. Ultimately, according to the Constitution and upheld by the Supreme Court, it is the president's domain to decide what is classified and what is declassified. So he was within his rights to do that. And I was talking with Bill before the show and I was watching TV, I don't forget it was yesterday or Friday, and Brett Baer had just interviewed Nunez, the gentleman on the Republican side of the uh, House aisle who headed up the committee to investigate all of this nonsense going on with the FBI. And uh, afterwards, he had a Democratic congressman on to respond, and the Democratic congressman kept saying that the FISA warrants – and the FISA is the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which was first passed in the 1970s. It's been upgraded and updated uh, with the most notably the Patriot Act. And then 2008, there was another revision of the FISA Act. Uh, the Democrats don't want to have any connection to the Patriot Act because of their base, but they all pretty much voted for the FISA Act of 2008, and also I think they were pretty much in power in the 1978 era when that was initially passed. So at any rate, the Democratic congressman 
was melting down and gesticulating and really upset and having a hard time controlling himself. And uh, Brett Baer kept saying, well, you're, you know, all you're saying is that you're going on something that happened in 2013 and you're not giving me any facts. Where are your facts that this warranted a renewal of the uh, FISA search warrant that would allow the FBI or whoever to tap phones and intercept emails of an American citizen who was talking with someone who was a Russian businessman or diplomat or whatever. And of course there was no answer to that. And here's the thing people don't understand is you have to renew these uh, secret warrants every so often, either every 90 days or six months or one year, depending upon the, the, category that it falls into under the statutes. And and so you have to bring new evidence. You can't just come back with the same old evidence and say, well, he talked to uh, you know Lenin on Thursday over in Moscow, and then six months later and say, well, six months ago, he talked to Lenin on Thursday in Moscow. And so we want to continue to monitor this. You have to bring something new. You have to say, well, in the conversation with Lenin, they plotted to overthrow the United States by enlisting the help of the communist Chinese or whatever, but that was not done. And there was no new evidence that was given with each reapplication for a FISA warrant. And you say, what is FISA? Well, the FISA uh, statute is the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. And this was, as I said, started or first enacted in the 1970 era. It had an update with the Patriot Act right after the 9-11 incident. And I read a big chunk of that. And people say, well, they're just going to use that to infringe on my First Amendment rights. And actually, every single paragraph that has any statute material in it in the Patriot Act says that it does not apply to uh, anything that has to do with the First Amendment, which, of course, is our freedom of speech, our freedom of religion, freedom of congregation or assembly, and uh, freedom of press. And all these things are explicitly protected from surveillance or and or prosecution under the Patriot Act. Well, the Patriot Act got a lot of people upset, so then they had to redo it and update it and put in some more stuff and take out a few things in the FISA Act of 2008. And there have been some attempts at amendments and some attempts at uh, limiting the power and authority of the government to peek into our private lives but suffice it to say that most of it is still standing and probably with the blessings of a lot of people on both sides of the aisles because it protects us as a nation from foreign agents who would act to harm us. So the Nunez memo, and by the way, if you don't know who Nunez is, he is a Democratic, I'm sorry, a Republican congressman from California. I looked at his website, nice website seems like he's really involved with his district. So I was, uh, I was surprised. <clears throat> and the purpose of the memorandum was to provide the members an update on significant facts relating to the committee's investigation into the DOJ, Department of Justice, the FBI, and their use of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act to gather material that they thought would be damning uh, and would give them fuel to say that the Trump campaign had colluded with the Russians to interfere with our domestic politics and our domestic uh, 
elections, and so far nothing has really been found. But this raises concerns with uh, the legitimacy of what the FBI and the Department of Justice have done in using the FISA Act to dig up, if you will, dirt, if they could, if they could have found dirt, uh, on the Trump campaign. And the act is also meant to protect the American people from abuses of the FISA uh, warrants, these these uh, quiet, silent warrants. So they're, quote, quote, ex parte. Ex parte in law means that only one side can hear the argument. And in general, in court, the judge cannot have an ex parte communication with defense or plaintiff or with the prosecutor and the defendant's attorneys. He has to talk with both of them at the same time or in open court with the uh, the parties all present. Uh, it, there are certain rules of court where ex parte communication can occur. And the problem prior to the FISA Act and the Patriot Act and all of the amendments that have gone on since then is that it wasn't clear if the Constitution permitted ex parte communication. So ex parte in this situation would be that an attorney from the Department of Justice or the FBI actually goes from the FBI to the Department of Justice would be able to go to court and get a secret warrant to wiretap foreign agents or domestic terrorists who were acting uh, as foreign agents and trying to foment uh, violence against us as a people and a nation. So the Congress said, well, well, we'll have to do something. And so the FISA Act was passed and it was amended and it's been upgraded. And this basically gives the Department of Justice the ability to go to court and without you or I knowing it, get a warrant to tap our phones to intercept our emails, to tap and trace the numbers that we're using and uh, or that we're calling or that are calling us or dialing us or the websites and the website addresses. And this is necessary because if you're going to track down these terrorists and these foreign agents in this day of high-tech communication, then you have to have the teeth to be able to dig into it and see where all of these uh, – uh, communications are originating and ending up. And of course, we know that there are uh, computer wizards and nerds who can set up multiple different stops along the way electronically. And so every stop that you send a message to that then goes to another place and then to another place, each one of those will have its own address on the internet. And you say, well, I didn't know the internet had addresses. Of course, the internet has addresses. Basically, it's just a huge electronic mailbox, uh, mail company. Uh, it's the postal service gone viral, digital, whatever you want to say. And so let's say that my address of my computer at home is 192.126.134.1.1. Well, if I send a message to anybody from this computer anywhere in the world, my address can be traced back here because I'm not trying to hide it. And so it's out on the web. It's on the open web. And the government has computers that are capable of constantly monitoring web addresses and constantly looking for trigger words that would uh, say to it that this is something of interest. And then it's honed in on by the National Security Agency or whoever handles this. And basically all communications with foreign diplomats 
whether it's electronic, whether it's over the telephone, whether it's by letter, all these things are intercepted by our government and cataloged to make sure that they're doing something that is helpful and not harmful to us as a nation. So the Democrats decided that they would use this uh, uh, tool that has been made legal by the FISA Act and the revisions thereof to track U.S. citizens who were having conversations with foreign agents or foreign businessmen or foreign diplomats or whoever. And understand this, there's no crime in you calling up the uh, ambassador to the Soviet or the ambassador from the Soviet Union to the United States and having a conversation with him or her. You can do that as a citizen, and that's your right. And the government doesn't have any any uh, uh, justification to use that conversation unless it is uh, meant to uh, do something deleterious to our nation and our people. I mean, you can call them up and say, uh, you know, Mr. Ambassador, I can't seem to get a visa to go to Russia. Can you help me out here? And so you can have a conversation with them, or you can call them up and say, do you know anybody in Russia who is – trying to get a, a, a startup company going in the software industry. I've got some money I want to invest, and I think you guys are, are on the upswing on it, so I want to put some cash in there. Or you can have your agent from Trump Enterprises call Moscow's uh, city zoning department and say, look, we, uh, we want to build a hotel condominium in downtown Moscow. Can you send us some info on what we can do, what the restrictions are, where's the zoning and all that, good places. Do you have any projections as to what part of town are going to grow? And these are all legitimate, legal, okay things to do. You can talk to anybody in any country, anywhere in the world about just about anything, as long as it doesn't threaten the security of the United States. But the Democrats said, well, look, we got this open book. And by the way, the Democrats are the ones that are, are pushing hard for a lot of the restrictions on the, uh, on the, acts like the Visa Act and the uh, spying and the intelligence gathering because they're afraid it's going to be used against them because we might find out that they really are trying to undermine some of them on the far left, the integrity, the, uh, the stability, the security of our country. But they don't have any qualms whatsoever about using it in reverse to go after and try to stop a man from becoming president because they don't like him or they're afraid of him or he's got their number or he is the antithesis of what they believe ideologically. And all those things are irrelevant because as a people, we can vote in who we want and who we don't want. And it's not up to one party to make that decision for us. And there's the rub that they're trying to do that for us. And I just love talking to my liberal buddies in the lunchroom because they're always, always trying to talk about how egalitarian and uh, universal they are and how much they want to see everybody have the same things. And so I was talking with Poth and one of the guys, and the interns and residents share our doctor's lunchroom, which is not something that happened in most programs in years past. And so Pothin's this big, you know, liberal left-wing guy. And uh, 
he starts complaining about the interns and residents. I said, well, wait a minute. What happened to your universality and your egalitarian outlook on the world? Of course, he, he shut up right away. But uh, I think that's the that that's the attitude or the mindset that the people on the left, these intellectual effetes, these uh, ideologues that they think that what's okay for them is different than what's okay for us. And they'll decide what's okay for us because they know what we need. Really? What do we need? Do we need you to break the law? Now here's the big thing here. The case of Carter page, the government had at least four independent opportunities before taking this to the FISA court to accurately provide an accounting of the relevant facts. However, the committee's findings show that the uh, material and relevant information was admitted in the dossier supposedly compiled by Christopher Steele on behalf of the Democratic National Committee and Hillary Clinton's campaign were a, a big part of the Carter Page FISA application to the FISA court. Now, Steele was apparently an FBI informant agent, uh, hanger-on or whatever, and he was getting paid $160,000 per year by the Democratic National Committee and the Clinton campaign through a law firm that was associated with Fusion GPS and the Democratic campaign to obtain derogatory information on Trump's ties to Russia. So... None of these applications to the court, none of their renewals, none of this disclosed or referenced the role of the Democratic National Committee, of the Clinton campaign, of any party or campaign in funding the Steele effort, even though all of this came politically from these uh, committees, the Democratic National Committee, and these organizations, the, uh, uh, what's the name of those, just looking at here, uh, at any rate. So the Clinton campaign and the dossier that he was gathering on behalf of the Democratic National Committee uh, was not even made known to the FISA judges. And so they gave these secret warrants to continue to tap and, inter and intervene and uh, in uh, intercept, rather, communications between Carter Page and quote, quote, Russian agents. We don't even know if they're really Russian agents. I mean, everybody that has a, a big business in Russia can be called a Russian agent because it's, it's pretty much a fascist state with Putin handing out who he wants to hand out to favors and okays to, to make it big. So Fusion GP, that's what I was trying to say. So the FISA application doesn't name Fusion G GPS. It doesn't name the Democratic Party role. It doesn't name or doesn't reveal that Steele is on the payroll of the DNC. And so basically all of these FISA warrants, these secret warrants against Carter Page and other people, no doubt, were not obtained legally. You know, they were basically by omission, the Department of Justice and the FBI, at least certain people within those departments, committed perjury. They didn't reveal to the judge the whole situation. And whether or not they actually knew that, if they knew that they weren't revealing the whole situation, then it is perjury. And if, if it wasn't in their knowledge bank, they didn't know that these dossiers even existed, then it's going to be a perjury of sorts on the Department of, 
the FBI and the Department of Justice and the people within those departments who actually had this knowledge but didn't reveal it to their upper-level uh, folks. Now, McCabe apparently uh, was set to resign anyway, and I think that he resigned perhaps fortuitously at this point in time because he doesn't want to be in the middle of the mess. I think it's a little too late, though. So Steele got out of hand because he released information to the news media. And this is uh, a no-no in the FBI. And so he got the boot from the FBI as a source. Uh, one of the most serious of violations, an unauthorized disclosure to the media. He let things go to Yahoo News and and other outlets uh, at the direction of the Fusion GPS. Again, this was the business or committee that was formed by the Clinton campaign and the Democrats uh, for purposes basically of spying on the Republicans and trying to create some uh, doubt and, and interfere with the election. So, so this guy, Perk, uh, this guy, uh, what is the name? Steele, he got the boot, but he's already back in or was back in. And he actually even admitted in court in, in uh, Great Britain that he had done this. So all of this information was out there uh, in some form or another, directly or indirectly, but it wasn't brought to the FISA judge. And so these warrants were continually renewed to keep looking at Carter Steele and other people. So these uh, are serious, uh, serious allegations. Uh, and even indeed after he was terminated as a source, Steele maintained contact with the Department of Justice uh, via Associate Deputy Attorney General Bruce Orr, a senior Department of Justice official who worked closely with, closely with Deputy Attorney General Yates and later Rosenstein, and Rosenstein's in the middle of this. Yates has already been uh, fingered as somebody who is big in this whole thing, and we'll see how that comes out, see if anybody goes to jail over this. By the way, there's a, there's a five-year and $10,000 fine associated with any violation of the uh, FISA Act if you give false information or in some way falsely influence a, a FISA court judge to to issue a warrant against an American citizen. So we have some protections there, and now we have the information, so now it's up to us to implement uh, these uh, clauses of the FISA Act to get these people who were uh, duplicitous, uh, uh, libelous, uh, slanderous, uh, uh, even lying, uh, perjury, perjurers, if you will, to get these people to out them, to bring them to trial, and to send those who are guilty to jail. And whether they go for 18 months to a minimum security or five years in, in a federal max, I don't really care. I'm not interested in, in that. But what I am interested in is that the truth come out and they be found innocent or guilty, and then some appropriate uh, minimal, if, if, if found guilty, uh, minimal punishment is fine with me, just to reveal, to out, to put the spotlight on these folks and to show that the, the absolute nonsense that the Democrats have been perpetrating on us, have been using our own system against us, th this has to be brought out in the public. You know, it just goes on and on. So, uh, 
Steele admitted to Orr, who was the associate deputy attorney general and a senior Department of Justice official, uh, admitted to Orr his feelings against Trump uh, when Steele said he was desperate that Donald Trump not get elected and was passionate about him being president. So here's this guy, Steele, who nobody is vetting, who's feeding all this information to the FBI and at the same time saying he hates Trump and he doesn't want him to be president no matter what. And the DOJ is not even taking a look at what the FBI is handing to them, even though there is all of this nonsense going on. And none of this is reflected in the FISA applications for the warrants. And by the way, the uh, DOJ, Bruce Orr, his wife was employed by Fusion GPS. Come on. I mean, <laughs> you got the one of the senior guys at the Department of Justice carrying forward false information for a, a FISA secret warrant application to a FISA court. And his wife is employed by the the company that is actually looking into and trying to dig up all this dirt through this guy Steele and the uh, law firm that was paying him. So she was employed by Fusion to assist in the cultivation of opposition research on Trump. Come on, guys. I mean, the, this. I mean, there, there's a very crude word for all of this, and I'm not going to use it. But basically, this is a bunch of people who are all in bed together and who are doing nothing more than illegally spying on American citizens for the purpose of trying to discredit somebody they don't want to be president. And, and you know, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, we're all abashed by this. It just jaws are dropping and, or later provided the FBI, with all of his wife's opposition research, paid for again by the Democratic National Committee, the Clinton campaign, and this was via Fusion GPS. And it was inexplicably concealed from the FISA courts. So all of this information was in the hands of the Department of Justice when they went to apply for the secret warrant to continue to tap uh, American citizens who were talking to Russians and a doesn't matter what they were talking about as long as it wasn't subversive and they weren't plotting to overthrow the United States. It's nobody's damn business. It's nobody's business. It's nobody's business. If you want to do business with the Russians and it's legit, it doesn't matter if Putin himself is putting money into it. You can do business with the Russians. So all of this was uh, just one slanderous, libelous, dossier after another, unvalidated, brought to the Department of Justice with some of the people in the Department of Justice knowledge that all of this had been basically made up. It was salacious and unverified. According to the June 2017 testimony of, I think it was Director Comey, it ignored or concealed anti-Trump financial and ideological motivations. And Deputy Director McCabe testified before the committee in December. We're talking about the House Committee on this uh, on this uh, uh, this this Steele and Trump and the Department of Justice and the FBI 
lying and uh, not everybody in the FBI, obviously, but at the upper levels, a lot of uh, a lot of deceit and lies and omissions when going to the FISA courts for application for a uh, secret warrant to wiretap and listen to intercept emails of American citizens who were talking to Russians, businessmen or otherwise. So Deputy Director McCabe testified before the committee in December 2017 that no surveillance warrant would have been sought from the FISA courts without the Steele dossier information, which was made up, which was baloney. So all of this is based upon a false and phony dossier drawn up by this guy Steele in cahoots with the Democratic National Committee, the Clinton campaign, Fusion GPS, which was part of the uh, Clinton campaign. And uh, it also mentions George Papadopoulos, uh, but there's no evidence of anything between Page and Papadopoulos. And, of course, the FBI agent Peter Strauss, was, who was reassigned by the special counsel's office to human resources for improper text messaging with his mistress, who was also an FBI attorney, Lisa Page, a known, known relation to Carter Page, where they both demonstrated a clear bias against Trump and for Clinton. So the Strauss-Lisa Page texts also show the extent of these discussions that were being held essentially within the Department of Justice and the FBI in an attempt to orchestrate and discredit the Trump campaign by leaks to the media and trying to come up with a uh, an insurance policy against Trump's election. And this included a meeting with the Deputy Director McCabe to discuss an insurance policy. Now, does that mean that McCabe uh, did something wrong? No, not necessarily. It just means that there was a meeting, and he may have said, you guys are crazy, get out of my office. And they said, oh, well, we can't trust him. So we don't know yet, but at this point, I'm not going to try and indict McCabe. I just, I just don't know enough about it. Apparently, he was uh, ready to resign anyway months ago. So this whole thing was written by the Republican staff members of the U.S. House of Representatives under uh, Devin Nunez's chairmanship, and uh, in it, it alleges that the FBI may have relied on politically motivated or questionable sources, really, to obtain a FISA surveillance warrant. FISA is the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. And this was in the early stages of the FBI's investigation into Russian interference in the U.S. And, of course, the Democrats are saying, well, but we have had Steele or the FBI and the National Security Agency, blah, 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 blah. All these people have been watching Steele since 2013. Why? I mean, uh, uh, Carter Page. Steele has been doing this since 2013, looking into Carter Page. Why? By the way, Carter Page was just a, he, he was not even paid. He was just a volunteer uh, campaign aide for Trump. You can't sew two pieces of material together without thread, guys. You can't do it. it won't. I mean, you can try and glue it, and there may be some glue out there that's strong enough to hold it together for a while, but I've, I've even tried using super glue, and it doesn't last that long when you're trying to wear something like a pair of jeans. So you got to use thread if you're going to sew the fabric together and make something that is recognizable as an, uh, a true 
a true breach of our laws and our our social uh, welfare. I mean, this this just has to be. So we've got all this nonsense going on. It, it just it, it's. Uh, I mean, it, Bill said before the show, this is the biggest um, scandal, political scandal of his lifetime. Well, we've seen these scandals before, but certainly in recent memory, this is the biggest one. This this makes uh, the Iran-Contra affair and uh, the uh, Clinton stuff look like small potatoes. I'm not even sure why the whole thing with Nixon ever got to the level it did, other than that Nixon was just, it was just a crazy man, uh, but but a bright man, too, so... At any rate, I'm going to go grab a cup of joe, and I'll be right back. This is Dr. Bill. We're talking about the Nunez memo and FISA and uh, uh, secret warrants. And so come on back, and I'll give you some more info on all of this. This is Dr. Bill. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. A crash between an Amtrak and a CSX freight train in South Carolina has left two people dead this morning and about 70 wounded. Authorities say the injuries range from cuts and scratches to broken bones. The lead engine and several passengers, uh, several cars of Amtrak train 91, which is traveling from New York to Miami, derailed after coming in contact with the freight train. Italian authorities have seized a copy of Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf in the house of an extreme right-wing suspect who shot and wounded six Africans during a rampage in the central Italian city of Maserata yesterday. Luca Traini is being held for investigation of attempted murder with an aggravating, uh, an aggravating circumstance of racial hatred. President Trump off to, Hawaii, uh, to Ohio tomorrow for a speech. He may talk about opioids. This is SRN News. When I need x-rays, I choose Tampa Bay Imaging. Two convenient locations, Pinellas Park in Tampa, 727-545-9674 and 813-386-3674. State-of-the-art equipment. I know these guys personally. Complimentary transportation. Insist on TBI Pinellas, 727-545-9674, 727-545-9674. Hillsboro, 813-386-3674, 813-386-3674. Dr. Bill for West Coast Radiology. Our good friends at West Coast Radiology offer convenient and comprehensive x-ray diagnostics, including open MRI, CT scan, CT PET, mammography, and ultrasound. With state-of-the-art equipment and four convenient locations, you're assured of friendly, comprehensive care. Most insurance is accepted and competitive self-pay rates, plus Saturday appointments. Call West Coast Radiology at 727-771-2795. That's 727-771-2795. Register now for the free CEO Symposium, Tuesday, February 20th, from 1 to 4.30 p.m. at the Carrollwood Country Club in Tampa. Join Christian business leaders and Florida state legislators to discuss actionable strategies to protect our religious liberties. Are you concerned about the challenges to our religious freedoms? At the CEO Symposium, you'll hear from impactful leaders like Interstate Batteries' Norm Miller, Vision America's Rick Scarborough, former Florida Senator Alan Hayes, Dexter Sanders of Reclaiming America for Christ, and John's 
Stemberger of the Florida Family Policy Council. You don't want to miss this opportunity to be informed by national business and ministry leader experts on this fundamental right. Call today to reserve your seat for this free event. Tuesday, February 20th at 7.30 a.m. at the Carrollwood Country Club, Tampa. Write this number down for information and registration. Call 877-634-2279. That's 877-634-2279. 877-634-2279. If you have a damaged windshield, keep your family safe with a premium quality replacement and a lifetime warranty from Autoglass America. If you have comprehensive insurance, we'll buy back your old windshield for up to $100 cash on the spot. Come to you with free mobile service and install a new premium quality windshield all at no cost to you. Be safe. Call today for fast claims processing. Remember, we turn your broken glass into cold hard cash. 813-96-GLASS. That's 813-96-GLASS. L-A-S-S. Auto Glass America. Mainly of sun and clouds with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm later on with a high of 76. Periods of rain this evening. Otherwise, tonight is mostly cloudy with a low of 64. Clouds and sunshine around tomorrow with a high of 76. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Alex Rabb for AM860. The answer. You can't hide your light And your smile as you can describe I thought by now you realize There ain't no way to hide your light And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill, a little bit of the Eagles and Lying Eyes. Goes out to all of our friends on the Democratic side of the aisle, and we just love you guys, and we want you to know that we mean you no ill. We just don't want you to do any ill to us. We're not really interested in being uh, ruled by one party, by you, by the left, by socialist, communist, socialism, communism. I can't tell the difference. Um, more just a matter of degree, I guess. In socialism, some people can have businesses, but if the state deems it necessary to co-opt that business for the interests of the state than it will. Well, you say, well, we can do that here. No, not really. We can't. We have a constitution and we, we try to follow that. At least people I know try to follow it. And um, people that think that they know better than you and I as to what we need. And of course what they need, because there's always something in it for them. They, they think otherwise. And, and so what we did is in 1978, in order to protect us from them and them, I mean the federal government, because our constitution is our, our, our wall against intrusion into our personal lives by an overbearing federal central government. And all this goes back to George the third and the way the founding fathers viewed the world at that time. And, and we've carried it forward because it's Guess what? It's a nice view. It works. So in 78, in order to put more teeth into foreign intelligence, the FISA Act, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, was uh, uh, passed by Congress and approved by the president, uh, signed it into law. And we also have had cases where it has gone to trial before the Supreme Court, the Clapper uh, case and the Clapper case was brought by 
uh, a civil liberties union. And it was a challenge to the FISA Amendment Act of 2008, and which the court held that Amnesty International, which was bringing the suit, and others didn't have any standing to challenge the, uh, the FISA Act, also known as the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, and its other monikers like the Patriot Act. And the court said that, you know, you're bringing something that you project may happen in the future, but which has not happened yet. And uh, as far as I remember, we can't be held responsible for our for a crime just by thinking about it or for an action just by thinking about it. Now, some people on the religious right will say, well, your thoughts, uh, if they're impure, then that's the same as the action. I, you know, <laughs> just, I've never been able to grasp that. Um, I was brought up with that as a Catholic and uh, having someone think about sexual encounters with children and then having them act them out. And in my experience are two very different things since I was the victim of a pedophile. I wish that he had just thought about it and left me, but, but it's not a crime until you commit it. So the FISA act needed some teeth to go after foreign intelligence agents. And the purpose of this was to ensure that we would be able to uh, look at and and gather necessary data and information so that we could defend ourselves from foreign powers who were out to do ill and out to take advantage of us. And, and so, among other things, the uh, FISA Act amendments that have gone in subsequently may state may not intentionally target any person known at the time of acquisition to be located in the United States. So if you're living in the United States, if you're a U.S. citizen, and you cannot intentionally target a person reasonably to believed to be located outside the United States, if the purpose of, this, of such of the acquisition of this uh, FISA warrant is to target a particular known person reasonably believed to be in the United States. Well, I don't remember Donald Trump being out of the United States while he was campaigning, and yet this has been violated, and this was actually demanded by the Democrats to be put in to the FISA Act. And so it also says you may not intentionally target a U.S. person uh, who is a citizen living outside of the United States. And you can't intentionally acquire any communication as to which the sender and all intended recipients are known at the time of the acquisition to be located within the United States. That's outside of the Foreign Surveillance, uh, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, the FISA Act. And it has to be conducted in a manner consistent with the Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. And the Fourth Amendment uh, says that you can't unreasonably search and seize a citizen's property. property. So these are, are big deals. Uh, this is uh, uh, the Fourth Amendment to the United States prohibits this unreasonable, unreasonable search and seizure. And this is unreasonable. So we have some major constitutional violations going on here. And uh, the, the I believe it's the Seventh or the Fifth Amendment says no person shall be held to answer for a capital crime or otherwise infamous crime unless on the presentment or indictment of a grand jury. So the grand jury has to hear testimony from the district attorney and whoever he calls into the secret hearings. 
in exception cases arising in the land or naval forces or the militia when in actual service in time of war or public danger. So then we get into this whole debate of uh, are we at war or are we not at war? Because we do have militia, our National Guard, and uh, our armed forces at war in the Middle East and Afghanistan. And you say, well, this is not a declared war. Well, then we're splitting hairs, and uh, then we start interfering with the powers of the president in times of national emergencies. And in in times of national emergency, he has, she has somewhat dictatorial powers, especially when it comes to the military. So were any of these people, Carter Page, Papadopoulos, any of these people acting in a, in a war zone or at a time of war, uh, declared war within the United States? Uh, were they acting as uh, agents of the Taliban or of the uh, ISIS? Were they trying to sell or buy arms from the Russians for some nefarious purpose? No, 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 no. So there's no presidential power Obama did not have the power through his Department of Justice people to authorize any of this. And you say, well, he didn't authorize it. Well, you know, he is the head of the executive branch, the president. And the president, as one of their one of their branches, is the Department of Justice. And the attorney general is a member of the cabinet, and he is appointed by the president and, and approved by the Senate. So none of this comes into play And yet these amendments to our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, have been fractured by this. I mean, this is is a big deal. And that's not even getting into the most sacred of our rights, which is the First Amendment. You know, that we can, within the limits of the law, we can say and do and speak what we want to. That doesn't mean that I can go into a theater and yell fire. That's private property. That's not a public place. That's a misuse or an abuse of of the First Amendment rights. Our First Amendment rights apply to when we're speaking in public with a permit or writing or communicating by email or telephone with somebody, our feelings. those Those are all okay things. But it's not okay to interfere with our freedom of speech in terms of talking to somebody outside of the United States or even within the United States over matters that are not criminal. Very disturbing, very disturbing. And I think it's time that we uh, brought some of these people to justice and let's, let's get them, let's put them away for a while. Let's see uh, where all this fallout ends up. And uh, you can bet your blue booties that, Once some people are brought to trial or that they are told by a prosecutor that they're going to do jail time if they don't cooperate, and I'm sure they did the same thing to some of the people that they were trying to uh, get roll on President Trump, Flynn, and some of these other people that were caught basically lying on an application, and you can't lie to the FBI, you can't lie to the special counsel, It's, it's crime, it's in the It's in the statute. So, you know, if you talk to Joe Blow in Russia last month, just tell him. Just say, yeah, I've had communication. What was it about? It was about the the future relationship with the Trump people should Trump win the election. 
uh, that's okay. We just want to know whether you're going to be willing to play ball with us, if you're going to back down and, and, and do some of the things that we want done, get out of the Ukraine, you know, so on and so forth. And if you will do those things, then we would consider a friendlier tone towards you, you Russian guys. I mean, basically, this is the same thing that Reagan did when he was running against Jimmy Carter. He reached out to the Iranians and he said, if you release our people, when I'm in proud, when I'm in power, I will help you in any way that I can within the law. So this is nothing new. This is all part of the, uh, part of the landscape. So at present, the, uh, the FBI is headed by, let's see, what's his name? I forget his name. Here we go. Let me get up here to the top of this page. So I can tell you who the, because I can't remember everything. A big picture of him, nice looking guy. Christopher Ray, W-R-A-Y. He is currently the director of the FBI. He's the eighth director, by the way, and he was uh, put in in August. I don't know. Have we replaced him? We might have replaced him, Bill, but I can't remember. I think he's still there. At any rate, <clears throat> his uh, assistants include, among other people, uh, Haley, Nancy McNamara, and, uh, of course, we've had a few people resign or have been put down into lower levels for their actions. So there's a number of people involved in all of this at multiple levels, and some Democratic and some Republican appointees, and some are probably apolitical and just trying to make their way up in the, in the hierarchy. You know, power, money, prestige, all those things that all of us like and want to uh, obtain in life and have a a spot in our community that we seem to be of uh, value and importance. So all these people in the FBI that have been involved in this and, and now at the Department of Justice, which is even more egregious, they need to be brought to justice. We got to get this mess fixed and cleaned up here. So if you have anything to say about this, you got a couple of minutes left. It's 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. And I will be happy to answer what I can. And in the interim, let me see if I have anything else here in my notes that I want to clarify. Sometimes I get a little bit overwhelmed by all of this. And, I, hey, I love all these people like uh, Nancy Pelosi and Diana Feinstein and all these people and, uh, and Dodd. And they're all, you know, if... If he fires the special prosecutor, if he does anything, it's a, you know, he will have crossed that line. What are you going to do? Secede from the union? Uh, California is hardly part of the union now as it is. So I'm, I don't know what more they can do. They're doing everything they can to undermine the authority of the president and of the federal government. And, uh, and so that, uh, that is, yes, a good thing, and, and certainly when applied properly, very helpful to maintaining our freedoms, but I'm not sure it's being applied. we got a caller. Who we got? Rick, come on, buddy. How you doing? Hey, doing good. Got a question for you. So my understanding is that a warrant is for illegal activity. So if you were, say, to get a search warrant, you have to specify whether it's for narcotics, if that's the crime, or, you know, looking for plates, if you're looking for counterfeit money. Um, so... For a FISA warrant, do you have to specify what the crime is or criminal activity that you're suspecting someone of to get that warrant? And, and what would that be? 
No, you don't. Uh, under the FI- and that's why one of the reasons the FISA Act was implemented was so that you could get um, uh, a warrant to uh, a secret warrant to uh, tap foreign agents uh, and communications between foreign agents and, and U.S. citizens or U.S. politicos or whatever in order to see if there is anything that could arise that would be uh, deleterious to our our health and welfare to our national security. So the FISA warrants uh, are they're they're not like domestic warrants, and they're it's it's just it's a different animal, and it's it's a special carve out from the Constitution that the Congress and the Supreme Court have said is okay. And the president, you know, Jimmy Carter signed off on the bill, and uh, George Bush and uh, Barack Obama signed off on different parts of it. So we've had a number of presidents who have actually inked the FISA bill and its various revisions and amendments. Uh, and it, it is, uh, you know, it's really a draconian tool. It's draconian because we're dealing with draconian people like ISIS and the Taliban and Al-Qaeda, as well as the Russians who are constantly interfering in everybody's business and have been doing so since uh, shortly after Lenin took over in the 1919 era. So, no, you don't have to show that they're committing a crime. You just have to show that there is a potential for activities that would be deleterious to the health and welfare of you and me in the United States. Does that answer it, Rick? Yes, sir, it does. Thank you. You're welcome. At least that's my understanding. By the way, I'm not a lawyer, although if you pay me a million dollars, I'll pretend to be. Um, no, I won't do that. That's not right. So at any rate, we've got these these electronic surveillance procedures. And unlike domestic criminal surveillance warrants issued under Title III of the Omnibus Crime Control and Safe Street Act of 1968, Agents, which is a wiretap act, uh, the agents needed to have that to listen to the mafia guys. Agents needed to demonstrate probable cause to believe that the target of the surveillance is a foreign power or agent of a foreign power, and that a significant purpose of the surveillance is to obtain foreign intelligence information and that appropriate minimization procedures are in place. So uh, again, Rick, no, under the FISA Act, you do not have to have a crime. You're at, you can just use it as an intelligence gathering tool. And the agents do not need to demonstrate their commission of a crime or that a commission of a crime is eminent. And for purposes of FISA, agents of foreign powers include agents of foreign political organizations and groups engaged in international terrorism, as well as agents of foreign nations. So this is uh, two different things, and that's why we carved out the FISA Act, was so that we, we, we would be able to meet the test of the Constitution when it came to people who were in the United States, U.S. citizens, uh, uh, green card people, visitors, so on and so forth. And where the government has accidentally intercepted communications that under circumstances in which a person has a reasonable expectation expectation of privacy, and a warrant would be required for law enforcement purposes. And if both the sender and all intended recipients are located within the U.S., the government has to destroy those records. So even if you intercept something that says that you are going to commit a bank robbery or you already did, well, under the FISA Act, the, the Foreign Intelligence Service cannot 
give that to the FBI or the state or local police uh, as part of uh, uh, an ongoing campaign to uh, investigate you, arrest you, convict you. So uh, this is set up to protect us, protect us from these these overbearing uh, central government functions and arms. And and it's been breached. It's been breached egregiously uh, in an attempt to discredit and and keep Donald Trump from becoming president. And this is an assault, not on Donald Trump, because he didn't vote himself in. We did. We voted him in. So, so it's an assault on us. And we got to put a stop to it. And I'm all behind Nunez. And I'm also out of breath. So I'm going to get out of here, guys. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. DrBillRadioMD.com. DrBillRadioMD.com. See you guys next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.